Welcome to the Sermons That Work podcast, featuring sermons written by some of the best preachers across the Episcopal Church. Today's sermon is for Wednesday in Holy Week and is titled Joyfully. It was written by the Reverend Canon Anna Sutterish. Accept joyfully the sufferings of the present time. Don't you wish you could be the kind of person who could do what our collect says? You know, the kind of person who turns the other cheek, who never gets pulled into the petty, who responds to hate with love? Just how are we to accept sufferings joyfully? And does Jesus really want us to? The sufferings of the present time seem overwhelming. For many, the past year was horrible. Too many of us have an empty chair around the table, reminding us of the loved ones we've lost to this disease. You yourself might have lost a job, opportunities, joy, a sense of community. You might have experienced micro and macro aggressions, been ridiculed or bullied, been belittled or gaslighted or misunderstood. All of us at some point this year have felt lonely, scared, depressed, or anxious. Throughout the hurt, you might have heard others say something such as, there's always been evil in the world, or it's always been hard, the hard things just change. Perhaps you've heard this from the generations of our elders, or that great cloud of witnesses, the saints of scripture. You may have been told that the oft-repeated word unprecedented has been too liberally thrown around in this era's particular crises. Our own tradition reminds us that the sufferings have always been here. And it can be a helpful reminder that, like us, our ancestors have also struggled to carry them with grace. For example, Isaiah. The excerpt from the prophet Isaiah we read today comes from the segment of the writing sometimes called the Songs of the Suffering Servant. It was written at the beginning of the Babylonian exile, when the nation of Israel was held in captivity and servitude, exiled from their promised land. The servant voice in this passage fills a familiar place, calling on God for help navigating a difficult, lonely, hopeless world, while also trusting God's limitless grace and power. The servant attributes this wisdom to God. Because of God, the servant may know how to sustain the weary with a word. It seems a bit aspirational, doesn't it? This desire to be able to suffer joyfully. Our prayers on good days might sound similar to those of the prophet, seeking God's wisdom and strength to navigate exceedingly difficult moments. Our prayers on hard days might sound more fraught, perhaps like the prayers of the average people to whom the prophets were always prophesying. Is it okay to ask God to smite my enemies? Or do I have to pray for patience and forgiveness? Is it okay to ask God to stifle an irritating voice, to shut down an oppressive ego, to cause failure for a competitor? Or in the words of the psalmist, must I let those who seek my life be ashamed and altogether dismayed? Yes, yes, yes. God's answer to the prayers of prophets and to people like you and me is always some kind of yes. God is able to hold all these prayers and respond to them by saturating us with grace grace, God's one-way, no-strings-attached love for broken people who deserve anything but forgiveness. Thankfully, the stories of our ancestors also include people who are broken, petty, hurting, and flawed, characters to whom it's easy to relate. Judas, perhaps one of the most demonized characters in our narrative, is also so explicitly human. How often have we betrayed Jesus out of ambition and selfishness, like Judas? How often have we denied Christ in our relationship with Jesus, like Peter? How often have we ridiculed or hurt Jesus, like the Roman centurions at the cross? 
In the Gospel of John, we get a glimpse into how Christ himself interacts with the brokenness of humanity. In the story, Jesus publicly acknowledges that one of his disciples, one of the friends with whom he travels, eats, sleeps, learns, shares, will betray him. The rest of the group is aghast, self-defensive, accusatory. But Jesus, perhaps calmly, perhaps sadly, accepts Judas' fallenness. He tells him, do quickly what you are going to do. Jesus' response to Judas is a blessing. Yeah, Judas. It's as if Jesus is telling us, you are human and I can't expect otherwise. We love to demonize Judas, place him as a scapegoat, the personification of the betrayal of humanity against God. We love to compare ourselves to Judas, reminding ourselves that we would never stoop to the wretchedness of betraying Christ himself. But the truth is, Judas is as human as the rest of us, our sibling in brokenness and pain. How often with our selfishness, ambition, and scarcity mindset do we indeed betray Christ in ourselves and in our neighbor? The author of the letter to the Hebrews encourages the Christian community to focus on the community, the way of love, the example of Jesus, instead of lying in the ditch of our brokenness. To lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely could be an expectation to live entirely without sin. But it could also be an invitation to not let sin muddle us down, to confess and repent of our sin, and then to continue the Christian life. The grace of Christ Jesus means we don't have to tally up our mistakes, our shortcomings, or dwell in guilt and self-flagellation. It means we can do the work of repenting, repairing, and reconciling, and then moving on. The gift of Jesus' no-exception love means that we are not expected to grow weary with our shame and sin. It means that we can feel the power and connection from our great cloud of witnesses and be rejuvenated to persevere, to try again, to walk in the way of love. Take a moment right now to honor your humanity. Indeed, that is exactly what Jesus did at the Incarnation. If our God chose to feel the pangs and pains of a human body, certainly so can we. By feeling the sorrow and fatigue that is intertwined with human experience, we honor our humanity. Can you honor the human? Can you honor everything your body, mind, heart, and soul have experienced this year, this month, this week? this day, this lifetime? Can you channel God's grace and comfort, feel the love that comes not despite, but because of your humanity? The grace of God is greater than the grace that we muster for one another. Thank God that God's expectation is not, in fact, for us to be perfect, but to be in relationship with grace itself. Thank God that Jesus still loves us, still accompanies us, Despite and because of our very human brokenness, God offers all of us limitless grace. The Reverend Canon Anna Sutterish is the canon for Christian formation in the Diocese of Ohio, working with children, youth, and young adults, and serving as the chaplain at Bellwether Farm Camp. She is passionate about new ways of being and doing church and sharing the gospel in a way that is relevant and life-changing to today's people in today's world. Anna is a proud member of the inaugural class of the Bexley Seabury Seminary Federation and benefited greatly from its low residency program, which allowed her to receive her MDiv while remaining rooted in her ministry context of Cleveland, Ohio. She lives there with her husband, Noah, and two beloved cats, Phoebe and Thecla. 
Prior to seminary, Anna worked at the intersection of faith and politics through the IAF, doing interfaith community organizing. This sermon is also available as part of a compilation of all of the sermons for Holy Week and Easter, which you can find at sermonsthatwork.com. Sermons That Work is an offering of the Episcopal Church's Office of Communication. For more free resources, including sermons, Bible studies, bulletin inserts, and more, visit episcopalchurch.org sermons. We would love it if you'd rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. And while you're at it, share it with a friend. You're invited to join thousands of Episcopalians, neighbors, and friends this summer at the Love Always Revival at the KFC Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky. On Saturday, June 22nd, get immersed in inspiring worship and community, deepen your love for God, kick off the 81st General Convention, and extend a warm welcome to folks discovering the Episcopal Church. The revival is free to attend, so bring your friends. If you're from a neighboring diocese, check in with your diocesan revival champion to find out about group travel options. You can find more information along with registration at iam.ec lovealways.